BSOS radio podcast. Life issues, artist interviews, and faith. Downloading. Downloading now. A lot of people say their relationship with God is framed so much by their relationship with their dad. And that's great when their dad's an amazing person that modeled love and grace to them. But if their dad didn't, it can be unfair to God in the way that we look at him. We're talking with Michael W. Smith today at SWS Radio. And you said God and your dad were the two most prominent figures in shaping your worldview, Michael. Well, you know what? I always knew I'd, I'd write a book about my dad someday. He was the kindest man I'd ever known in my life who happened to be my dad. I know he had his faults. I just didn't see very many of them. He just had this impeccable reputation of just being so kind. And he was always present and was always about the other person. And he just loved well. He loved my mom well. He loved me and my sister well. He was involved in this community and back in West Virginia and also in Franklin when they moved here to be with, you know, my sister and I and our kids at the time and then eventually grandkids. So he was just extraordinary. He really was. And so... When he got dementia in 2011, I knew I started racking my brain of just going, I don't want to forget these remarkable stories about my dad because, you know, he really did show me what God was like. I know that sounds really bizarre, but really the great part about my dad, he he showed me, I think he showed me what God was like in a lot of ways. And I'm just forever grateful for that. There's this correlation we inadvertently make about our relationship with our dad and our relationship with God. and That's a great thing if our dad was awesome and spoke life to us and lived with grace. But if we didn't have the greatest dad and we put a lot of those attributes and trust on the way that we look at God as a father, oh, it could become so toxic and we never fully experience that intimacy with Jesus. We're talking with Michael W. Smith on SWS Radio. Yeah. You know, I address that in the book too. I'm not going to pretend to know the pain that people have by not having a good dad or a good mom. I just know there's a way out. I know a lot of people who did not have a good dad who somehow just allowed God to father them and kind of chose this place of healing and forgiveness and not being a victim and not being bitter. You know, my mom, for example, I think I mentioned that in the book as well. She was eight years old and my mom, Barbara and her three younger siblings, Aunt Dee, Pat and Bill, they were six, five and four My real grandmother had them in the car and they were a block from their house. And my real grandmother was not a very good mom. And she said, get out, you're walking home. And she literally drove off in the car and never came back. She never came back. It's awful. I mean, just awful. I mean, I guess I can't imagine. And somehow my mom just, I think she obviously had a good support team. And the siblings all got spread out to relatives in Virginia and West Virginia. And they all eventually came back together two, three years later when my real grandfather remarried a beautiful Italian lady who that's the one that I is my grandmother, Mamma Spradlin. But my mom, I think just let God mother her. And I remember my talking to my mom, she just said, you know, back then I remember that one day if I get married and have a family, that's never going to happen to my kids, you know? So and she's extraordinary, but she's got every right to sort of be pretty mad the rest of her life, you know, from what happened to her. So there's a way out, and I believe God offers that if we'll just accept it. I know when we look at what our parents and what our grandparents went through in the different ages where things looked really hard, now we're in this social age where things are hard in different ways, but we can learn a lot from the way that our parents endured hardship, you know. And, not taking things on to be a victim. And we get so offended so easily today, huh? I know. It's crazy. I was having lunch with Scott Hamilton today and we were talking about it. And, you know, I, one of my greatest goals in life, and I've said this 
Well, two things that I pray every day. I pray that I can just, God, show me how to abide in you. What does that look like to truly abide in you? And then second, I pray that I'll one day that I'll never, ever, ever, ever be offended by anyone ever again. And I think I'm getting there, actually. I'm, I'm slowly getting there and just how freeing that is. For example, somebody can write an awful review of my book or my record. And back in the day, I would be, oh, he's killed. It's just all awful. And today I'm going, eh, it's just their opinion. It's okay. They can have their opinion. And it wouldn't phase me whatsoever. And what a freeing place that would be. So that's one of my goals in life. And what have you learned about having a thick skin? I mean, we don't want to be callous, but at the same time, we don't want to just be so fleshly that it's like, oh, man, every single thing just offends us and affects us, changes our trajectory and pulls us back and forth by people's opinions. Because when you're an artist, like you're fragile like that, right? You're trying to create art. You're trying to push the boundaries. You're trying to put yourself out there. But it takes like an element of fortitude to keep doing that year after year. Well, I don't read a lot of my press. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll read something every once in a while. I don't dwell on what people think. And then I surround myself with really great people. And I don't live in this bubble of going, oh, man, I'm a rock star. I'm, just, oh, I'm an artist. You know what I'm saying? I, I choose not to live that kind of lifestyle. I'm so centered on my family and on my mom, who now has the same disease my dad had, which is dementia, taking care of her taking care of my wife, Debbie, and our five beautiful kids who were all married and have kids. And now I have 16 grandkids. They call me G-Daddy, which I love. And so, I'm, you know, I was at the baseball game coaching my grandkids. It's just those are the things I'm about. So, and thankfully, I can still do that and still create and still honestly feel like my best work is yet to come. So there's this thing that I don't feel like I have to prove anything. And I always, there's this old temptation by record companies and Oh, yeah. Oh, the, he's got the number one single. And oh, back in the day, oh, gosh, he, he's going platinum. You know, it's, no, that's not really I don't care about that. I don't care about that stuff. I really don't. But I certainly want to be really good at what I'm doing. And I think I'm supposed to hone in on my craft and get better. If I'm not getting better, then I'd rather just go find another job. So and I find myself at the end of a pandemic, which has been a really interesting year, busier than I've ever been in years. I mean, especially here in in 21 with going to Italy, work with Andrea Bocelli and redoing the worship record that came out on 9-11 20 years ago. And I mean, the list goes on. It's a good chapter, even in the midst of a very difficult year and just kind of, you know, especially having friends and knowing people that have really lost loved ones. I mean, I think that's a big thing. It's been very, 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 very difficult. So, but we push through, we keep going. And no retreat and no fear in the Smith camp. It's wild how as we get older, we revert back to this sort of thing where our parents used to take care of us and we start taking care of our parents. The whole aging parent thing, it's no joke. And we're talking with Michael W. Smith today at SWS Radio. Uh, My father-in-law deals with frontal temporal dementia. And you were just mentioning how both your mom and dad deal with dementia. I mean, you've been walking through that a little bit longer than I have. But for those of us that have aging parents, you start to think through that. Is it one of those things, if you were to look at this like 10 years ago, is it something that you would say, you know what, I'm going to plan for this and try to prep for this and try to deal with this ahead of time? Or, you know, we just got to let this go as it flows because there's nothing we can prevent or we can affect here. What have you learned about the whole idea of looking at how we work through with our aging parents who are going through medical challenges? 
I mean, maybe there is a way to prepare for it. I just didn't know how, you know, it can be anything. It can be be a relationship. It could be, we got an issue over here and you just, as a believer, you just kind of go, all right, God, how am I supposed to respond? And what is my job? And we face that stuff every week. I mean, as believers, we're just going to face stuff, just life. Aging parent is just life, you know, and you obviously lean on some experts, you lean on people that have been through it, you know. So when all this started, stuff started happening with my dad, I began to talk with a lot of people who had the same issue and how they dealt with it and how they navigated through those difficult waters. So, and now that my dad crossed over and went to the other side in November 15, I learned a lot about caring for my dad, which has helped me caring for my mom. It's just crazy. You work so hard raising your kids, you know, and thank God nobody fell off the cliff and they're all doing great. And then all of a sudden they're having grandkids. This is great. And all of a sudden now you're not taking care of your kids. You're taking care of your parents. It's just a wild pendulum swing. It's just, you know, it is what it is. And so you just, you know, you pray every day that God can give you the endurance and do the right thing. And do we have the right care? And at the end of the day, you don't want them to suffer. You know, and he knows how many days they're supposed to be here. So you just trust him and all that. So, but it is a bit of a juggle when you're, when you have a life. And for me, I think the whole pandemic, whatever you want to call it, it's been, I'm so glad that I was home this year to be with my mom. So it's been a blessing on some level that I wasn't on the other side of the world, have, you know, just traveling, 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 glean from other people who have been there and have had to do what you're in the middle of doing and you do, you just do your best. We're talking with Michael W. Smith today at SWS radio. We're talking about his new book. It's called the way of the father. And you talked about how you learned a lot about God from your dad. You also learned a lot about life from your dad and finding enjoyment, finding joy, finding those things that charge you up. And your dad was a baseball player, actually played some minor league ball. And you know, did that affect your, your view of baseball and bringing the love of the game? Well, he was my coach all growing up. And he was a great ball player. And I actually was a pretty good ball player. I mean, I had good hand-eye coordination. I was, I just had a lot of natural instincts. But I think I learned a lot of that from my dad. You know, I was not, I was a musician and a jock. I was both growing up. I wanted to play for the Cincinnati Reds. You know, I was a big, the big red machine was my big influence. You know, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, mm-hmm. Dave and Joe Morgan. And then I didn't make the All-Stars at 15 because I was like, Tickling the ivories all the time. And I lost, I, I lost my deep, deep love for baseball, and it just shifted to music. And I just one day, I remember waking up going, oh, gosh, I think God's got a call in my life in the music world. I don't even know what the rules are, how I'm going to get there. And, and that all changed at 15. So then my dad, not you know, he wasn't my baseball coach anymore. He became my PR agent. He, he would embarrass me a lot because he would tell everybody how great I was all the time. I'm going, Dad, you got to stop that. You, know, you don't have to do that. And he'd always say, but son, you're the best. You know, he just edified me my whole entire life. And seriously, almost till the day he passed, he just, he just edified me. And I think it's kind of what has given me lots of courage and lots of optimism. I'm confident, but I'm not overconfident. I'm confident in just the gift that God's given me. But a lot of that confidence came from my dad. 
We're talking about the confidence that we get from our parents, particularly our dads. We're talking with Michael W. Smith today at SWS Radio. Just actually wrote a new book all about that. But it's interesting, like, when we're coaching kids, right, when you have, like, what, 16 grandkids? Is that what it is now? It's like, okay, you know, it's like herding cats probably on Christmas for you, I imagine. You know, yeah. shopping for them and trying to figure out, like, these ones are into dance, these ones are into baseball, these ones are into football, these ones are musical, this one's like theater, and you're just like, whew. There's no painting on broad strokes with that, huh? And when you think about the way that you see your kids stepping up and they shine in certain areas, and then other times they don't even try in certain areas, and you want to be like, hey, you need to step up your game here. You got to do this. You do this. If you notice, there's like a difference between how you motivate them. Like, like there's the praise when it comes to like you did this and it was well versus. I'm going to speak to where I see your giftings and talents, but I haven't seen them developed yet. What did you learn from your dad on that? You know, I I think I learned I never felt pressure from my dad to do anything. I mean, for example, when I did make the All-Stars and I thought, Dad, I don't think I want to play baseball anymore. I'm sure there was a little bit of disappointment, but never tried to talk me out of it. He just went, okay. And he just turned the corner, you know, versus I know some kids – especially people I grew up with, that it was a constant battle with dad going, you know, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. And then a lot of criticism on the field. You know, I saw that the other day, you know, some of these kids playing their dads, you know, kind of scold them from the side. I'm going, oh, man, just just speak, speak life, just be positive. I didn't say that. I mean, but just <laughs> – so it was never anything negative for my dad. It was just always positive. And even when we got – killed on the baseball field that first game 30 to nothing we just got annihilated as a little eager you know he just walked in the dugout and he just said boys we'll get him next time let's go to dairy queen (laughs) (laughs) that's a good dad right there all the winners got to go to dairy queen we lost our first 15 games and guess what we all went to dairy queen (laughs) (laughs) hey i'd rather have some free dairy queen than a participation trophy any day (laughs) there was no negative you know so to me for example, I'm coaching – well, I'm not coaching, but I'm sort of mentoring uh, Smith, you know, who's, who just turned 11 years old. He decided he wants to play baseball, you know. And I'm loving it because it's sort of like, oh, my gosh, this is deja vu for me. And But being able to watch him and, and just go, hey, you know what, I get in front of the ball, you know, and just – but really, I don't criticize him. I just – I say, you know, here's how you can do that better. It's constructive and being positive but not being negative at all. We're talking with Michael W. Smith today at SWS Radio, and he has a new book. It's called The Way of the Father. It's Lessons from My Dad and Truths About God. And when it comes to the way that you see your relationship with your dad, was there anything that you walked away from understanding a different love from God that you probably wouldn't have caught without him? I don't know why I just saw the song, The Nearness of God is for My Good. You know, I felt so covered by my dad, and he was so kind to me. And I think God is kind to us, you know. So it's all these attributes of my dad. That's what's, I think that's what's beautiful about the book. It's, the book is not only about my dad. I mean, the book is full of these amazing stories about stuff that happened on the baseball field or a life experience where my dad had a part in whatever that experience was. And then turning that into a Abba thing, you know, and going to a scripture that maybe you know, sort of married to what the story I just told about my dad. So he just did things that I think God wants to do with us. Sometimes we have this whole idea who God is, and it's not accurate. 
you know, and, and that's why I also make a real attempt really showcase in the book when we turn the corner from my dad to Abba to what those promises of God are and how he really feels about you. It's amazing when you sort of get in the heat of the battle or if you didn't have a good upbringing and you want to be bitter or whatever. It's amazing how you can forget the truths and the promises of God. We just it sort of just dissipates and we're, you know, and we, we get all worked up, you know, and if you just go back and go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that's what that, the, what the scripture says. And that scripture says that, and that scripture says that. And for example, it's like when I'm having a bad day, I go to Psalm 139. I talk about it in the book. It's my favorite chapter in the Bible, other than the gospels and Ephesians and Galatians and all that. But Psalm 139 is so powerful. And there's a scripture in there that's it's towards the end. It says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God, how vast is the sum of them. And if I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. That's a pick me up scripture right there, you know, and I go to that scripture all the time. And especially when I'm having a not so good day, it's just a friendly reminder. So I think the book does that as well. It just encourages the reader going, man, if you just can't seem to find your way, just go here and it will remind you of who you are and it'll set you back on track. It's called The Way of the Father. We're talking to Michael W. Smith on SWS Radio. Thanks for coming by today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.